Hello. We would like to say up front, thank you so, so much for giving this podcast a chance. It means the world to us. We would love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook as Unfolding Sound Podcast. Send us a message on either platform and let us know what you think. Once again, thank you so much for giving us a chance and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Unfolding Sound. My name is Doug Leach. I'm Adam Austin. And I am Will System. And we will be discussing three albums on the show today. We've got Hygiene by the band Drug Church, Death Atlas by Cattle Decapitation, and Becoming Undone by Adult. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into our music review. We're going to start off by talking about Adult and uh, their new album, Becoming Undone. So this album, uh, they started production on this back in 2020. This is their ninth full-length album, Adult coming from Detroit. Though this time around, there is a central kind of a theme, a certain inspiration around the loss of uh, Nicola's father. So there are a lot of themes here of impermanence, a lot of themes around dissonance as far as this album goes. It's a good start for our first record. First of all, I just want to say that I love this. After having just been introduced to them and gone back through a lot of their discography and just putting it on auto and just listening to everything. I love the mashup between Susie and Banshees as a voice and Kraftwerk as the synthesizers. Right. I love the polyrhythms. They just drive and they go on. They're punk in that sense. It's got a steady tempo through most every one of them. Everything is layers and layers and layers and all very well done. Well, uh, for me, I... I had seen the name around. I'd never really listened to them. I was kind of surprised that they've been around for as long as they have, about 25 years now. So they're, I guess, sort of an institution in this. They've been around for a while. That being said, I kind of bounced off of this album. Um, I I had a hard time getting into it. And I think part of it is the retro feel. It's not really my bag, as well as the... It's very Moog. Yes. Like, everything sounds like it's made with retro uh, equipment, which it probably wasn't. Pretty much. It's minimal synth, uh, synth wave, definitely. Very yes. minimalistic, just a school of music. They do a, a, an awesome job with that. Well, several of the songs sounded EBM, like yes. uh, uh, our, our Bodies Weren't Wrong. Like, I can hear Netzareb doing their own version of it in my head, like, and it wouldn't be almost any different than what they were doing. So, yeah, they were definitely, within that retro sound, they were doing different things with it. For sure. You know, they're definitely cousins of the industrial community, if you will. They've been in cold waves before. They've performed out there. They've done work with uh, Shannon Funches of Light Asylum before. And, and they're very beloved in the industrial community. It seems like it, yes. Me hailing from the industrial community, that's that's where I learned about adult. It's definitely music that I love. And, and again, I really love what they do with that minimal synth. So as far as their music, uh, one of my favorite tracks was Undoing and Undone. thought that that's 
one of the loudest jams that they've done in years. I, th- I think I was following along well enough with it. Uh, once it got to a uh, normative sludge, mm-hmm. which is a, a seven-minute track where the vocals are very repetitive and layered on top of each other. I and thought it's it was kind of titled slow. perfectly. Normative sludge. True. It was titled perfectly. But yeah. that, that's where that, that's really where it lost me. And I took me like a couple of tries to get back into like the back half of the album because that song's like almost right in the middle. That was the that was the one dip for me, and I just thought it was so ironic. You know, it was like. You know, you think did they just need to fill more space on a record? And well, well let's call this one Normative Sludge. <laughs> while yeah, they were just... while they were building the synth patterns and stuff, what do we do yeah. with this one? What's well, kind of Normative Sludge? Well, let's just call it that and make it that what it is, as if we all are Normative Sludge. I kind of felt the same way with She's Nice Looking, you know, distorted, morbid ambience. Tongue-in-cheek. I found it was interesting that they were from Detroit. You know, it has such a huge musical lineage and and soul and R&B and um, the history of rock and roll. But I didn't know as much about uh, the industrial side of something. uh, Is that a a big scene, Will, right now in Detroit? Seems like it's a perfect place being such an industrial city. They do have a huge and and vast industrial community in Detroit. I've I've, uh, played a show once in Detroit back in 2013. The scene out there is definitely throbbing. definitely feels like it comes from Detroit you know it's gritty it's mm-hmm. it's edgy it's dirty it's all over the place well and Detroit has a long history of techno also correct so it doesn't feel off from being there it's nice to you can when you get that feeling of that lineage coming from places I don't know if you guys got a chance to see uh fools we are as far as the video I I did not uh, the video the video, the video it. itself was weird <laughs> if right. you will it, it, if you haven't seen it, it, it they're definitely in a toilet world there <laughs> there there are two toilets on the ground and uh, the music is swirling <laughs> <laughs> There are two toilets on the ground, and there are toilets on the wall, and there are two models, and they're dressed like clowns. All right. And there's constantly water coming out of the toilets, and they're constantly wiping themselves or making like they're wiping themselves. They're wearing kind of latex suits in there. So that was a very interesting artistic concept. It that, was That ties in with their uh, other band, the Cattle Decap, that actually one of their was banned from Germany. They had an album cover of cows shitting out humans oh humanure humanure right yeah (laughs) so well before we jump to or jump over too fast uh i I will say despite that i was you know kind of lukewarm on the album if if adult were to ever actually come through town i think the live experience would probably be worth seeing because a lot of the time the lo-fi element is kind of part of what i bounce off of but you don't get that so much in a live environment so i think that would be a different experience that i'd be interested in aside from that i found it danceable and I could get stuff done to it with while listening to it, and that's always a positive. Keeps my focus and attention going. Yeah, that's what captivated my attention about it from the get go. It's like you get like Detroit techno and and mix it with Test Department, Throbbing Gristle, and, and you yeah, know some of that, those elements. All that rhythmic stuff, polyrhythms. Moving on to our next album. It is Death Atlas by the band Cattle Decapitation. Cattle Decapitation is a grindcore band from San Diego that's been around since 1996. Death Atlas is their seventh studio album and it was released in November of 2019. 
to me it's 14 songs of mechanical <laughs> metal orchestration makes me giggle just listening to the minutiae of notes after note after note the drummer really pulls me in on this one i'm taking a ride every time i love the drummer on this one yeah, too. Just, yeah so. <laughs> the precision is just insane this is extreme metal focus i i like the album you know i like it's definitely had a lot of energy in it basic concept is how we're destroying the planet pretty much how humanity needs to go because we're fucking shit up in a nutshell pardon my french <laughs> <laughs> one of the things i found interesting on it was the the opening track uh which i'm probably going to say wrong but anthropomorgenic i think it was end? anthropogenic Anthropogenic. An anthropogenic. Yeah. Which is, it's an instrumental track that is mostly like synths and it's atmospheric mm -hmm. and it's got these like a, a foreign language spoken word like samples over it. They're speaking in German in the back. If you were to tell me this was a frontline assembly track. I know. <laughs> I'd like, I totally believe you. Mm -hmm. and, but as soon as that's over, it goes immediately into screaming and blast beats. Exactly. I love, I love, I love anthropogenic uh, and transmission that's got that slow intro building up. It's a perfect introduction for the album. Jumping into the geo side. I'd really love to hear a translation of that conversation. I'm curious if it has anything to do with the the record cover being banned in Germany from a previous album. Eh, it's probably something about how humans are destroying yeah, the earth because be. that's their yeah. thing. We just have to know. Someone will have to call it in, write it out for us, <laughs> translate it. Some of the central themes that they talk about here is, is a lot of greed, human greed, greed from corporations, greed from people, consumerism, how we're just withering away the planet selfishly, how the planet is wasting away by corporations, destroying the forest, destroying the planet, planet so that's a huge central theme about how we are our own yeah we are our own worst enemy own worst enemy exactly but despite all the heavy themes and the grimness of it they also have a pretty good sense of humor about the whole thing uh the music video for bring back the plague shows the band like they're all in separate houses doing you know, uh, remote video stuff where they're all just yeah sitting on their couches pretending to play their instruments <laughs> like the drummer doesn't even have a drum a drum set in front of him he's just air drumming <laughs> but it's intercut with uh with videos of people on spring break and people fighting over toilet paper at the, the grocery store. It's so insane. It's interesting that we've lived through this. We can look back on history and say, oh yeah, we can relate to what other people have had to deal with before. Barely getting out of the pandemic, so Bring Back the Plague definitely has a haunting, eerie, realistic touch to it, if you will. <laughs> One thing about about the planet in general, especially during the first few months of the pandemic, is that it got to breathe for a little bit mm -hmm. back when everybody wasn't driving. You know, and, it, and it, it kind of brings you back into that place also of like cleansing the earth from so much contamination, so much corporate greed. And, and, and they also make very, very, very strong cases for global warming, how uh, society is pretty much destroying the ecosystem as well and damaging the, the climate. Uh, there are several 
several messages in the album about uh, global warming. That's a central theme too, which which I thought was pretty awesome. It's a great scare tactic for having us all live better lives. That's for sure. And it does it with like a neoclassical buildup, such hardcore shredding riffs that we're all going to just die in the grind. The Great Dying, speaking of, is one of the songs, you know, it's got that haunting message about climate change and global warming and how we're doing that irreparable damage to the planet. Plain and simple, but very hard-hitting, very effective message. Stylistically, they do seem to have been progressing. Like their their main descriptor seems to be grindcore, but that is not what I got off of this album. It very much feels like it bounces between very clean black metal and then a lot of death metal. What's nice, it is a very clean album. It is, uh, and then tr- like the last two songs end up getting into more of a like progressive metal sort of thing. Like the the lead singer has four different singing styles on this. He's got the high pitch. He's got I the death growl. That was the one thing that normally I'd listen to an album, you know, and I'd be like, okay, well, I dig the style, but they start going, uh, and they can't. It's unintelligible, and it's the same all the way through. I might just turn it off. But with these guys... I think there's more than one vocalist. They've got. Right. They have to be doing. I mean, it could be overdone, but if you're gonna do it live, you're gonna. But it's right. what it sounds like, and they have taken that to a whole new choral level. They've got multiple tones, multiple yep. voicings going on, and to me, uh, that's that's breaching a whole new genre. Maybe it's really finally started to take on and not just be some uh, gimmicky technique that people are using to try and sound darker and weirder than everybody else. Right. If you were to replace the themes and the message and just like with something else that was totally benign, but still just take the music as it is. Yeah. These guys are like, are the, the really technical and really good. Amazing, yeah. Fire. The music yeah. itself is fire. And it fire. is way more melodic than I thought it was going to be. I would, personally, <laughs> I would, you know, as much as I love what they did, sometimes I just would like it to just to be spoken a lot of times, you know? Well, the, and the last couple tracks, uh, it wasn't spoken, but he actually took a crack at just normal kind of lowish singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a pretty big juxtaposition from the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the central themes that you start seeing also towards the end of the album, too, is the insignificance of our own mortality. Like in Cruel Curtain, for example, it's pretty much uh, life's a bitch and then you die. <laughs> uh, life is a sentence. We think we're so special, but we're in league with our own feces. These guys are vegan, too, right? So from what I read, they started off as being a completely vegan band. That's uh-huh. part of their thing, but apparently only two of them members now are still vegan <laughs> and they've had a pretty big revolving artist list too they've changed over a lot sure, of they, they've had some turnover so but you know band's been around for oh since 96 so yeah they've been going for a while it's a hard job yes it's not an easy one you can imagine being on tour and where are you gonna go you need vegan food and you're gotta stop at a gas station um <laughs> you can get a banana or an apple in there but there's and some water but i don't know qt or every truck stop down the road has more than that other than a microwavable cheeseburger or <laughs> find that subway sandwich well being find vegan me. is not that super difficult i mean there's so many things that are vegan you know 
you can find Taco Bell bean burritos. You can find Fritos. You can find Oreos. There's so many things that are vegan out there. I guess if you're going to be vegan on the road, just make sure to pack a lunch carefully. And you got to plan <laughs> ahead. Yeah. yeah, definitely plan ahead. Definitely plan ahead for sure. You know, but I mean, I, I thought this was a wonderful album. This is their seventh studio album. Yeah. I think that instrumentally, it's excellent. Full vocal range across many styles. Mm-hmm. We saw growling. We saw screaming. I, I think that there's a little bit of everything for everybody out there if you're into metal, extreme metal. I, I was joking with my wife while listening to some of the tracks off here. And it's like, you get more drums in one song on this than you do an entire week of anything you else do. you're listening to. And I, for me, I'm also, I can almost tune out everything and just listen to the drummer, the technique. And they've had what, three drummers in the entire history of their, their band. And that's saying a lot. I'd hate to have to learn somebody else's drums on that level. Yeah. Well, that guy's <laughs> that's some talent. Yeah. That's some serious raw talent. I've met quite a few metal drummers in my lifetime and my respects to those guys. Yeah. I would love to see them branch out and besides metal, like let's have this metal drummer start playing jazz. That happens occasionally. Occasionally. They have such a a, a mathematical precision to what they do. It's just amazing. Metronomic. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, overall I I enjoyed the album more than I thought I was going to. Like it is it's good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is a good album. It's pretty fierce. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. This is Unfolding Sound. We're back and we're going to move on with our album review here. For our third selection, we have the band Drug Church and their album Hygiene. So this was definitely a very interesting selection. This is the first time that I had ever heard this band before. I thought it was very interesting. They sound like a fusion of punk and grunge uh, with some elements of hardcore, but they definitely had some of that punk mindless energy, very strong themes as well as far as self-reliance, of anarchy, about how politics suck, people being fake... So I thought it was a pretty interesting album. Yeah, uh, I had first ran across Drug Church from... uh, It was a Facebook post from Adria O from Fires and Cryogenic Second. She just posted up a list of, these are the bands I'm listening to right now. And Drug Church was on there. It wasn't this album. This was from like a couple years back. So I'd listened to them then. I didn't really latch on too well, but I remember them sounding interesting. And then they just came through town pretty recently, uh, touring for this new album. And that's when I picked this one up and started listening to it. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoy the sound a lot also. It's you know, post-hardcore, but it also has uh, some noise elements to it where it has a lot of infill in certain parts of it. Correct. Uh, it has that wall of sound thing, which is my bag. That's, you know, it's a thing that I, I really like in music. It's a short album. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> It uh, is. It was 26 minutes. Is anything in that genre very long, usually? <laughs> well, if you listen to your typical punk album, you know, it's usually about 15-plus songs, some of them lasting like two and a half minutes of that. <laughs> it reaches four, you know, but you're going to condense it down. Yeah. You but I, I really love uh, I really love some of the themes uh, in here. Like, for example, the first track, Fun's Over, uh, which talks about the emptiness uh, and how we live in an uninspired world and how we submit to it and how we're pretty much sheep. In pursuit of fine ripe fruit, new ideas on the pavement high. 
So those are constant themes here that we see. How we submit to this cookie-cut world, how we just do what we're told, how we believe everything that we hear in the news, you know, and of course, anarchy as well and chaos. The thing I found interesting about the first track is for the longest time, like when I listened to this album, I kept missing the end of the track. Like I would look down and suddenly I'm on track three because the, the first track is like a minute and a half long and it pretty much just transitions into the next song to the point where I didn't even notice that the first song had ended and we're suddenly on the second song. And by the time right. I know it, we're already done with those and we're on to the next song. Yeah, that could be one of the typical things that throw you off and not like want to listen to hardcore is the, you know, I mean, you mentioned a, a couple of them too in, in passing there in so so many ways. That similar chording. Yeah. You're still using that, that C chord, bashing it out. It's like C and G and C and G and C and G and one song is the next song and the next song. You know, and then buried lyric. These are traditionally like, oh, I'm not bringing it out. Like, I always feel like I've said this before. If you got something to say, make it listenable and sound. And then, of course, with hardcore, there's always preachy front men. Always preachy front men. Of course. <laughs> but that being said, they got something to say, you know, and I was really surprised this record did take me a second listen to it to sort of like let it savor in there and kind of understand where its landscape, what its uh, points of interest are in the record according to the lyrical hooks or the, the guitar hooks and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But I heard a lot in it and it wasn't terribly overly redundant in that sense. It was cleanly done, very juicy tidbits here and there. You've got a classic bass intro with chorus. It's been done from New Wave from the 80s and all the way through everything else. Right. You know, I heard, you know, you mentioned noise. There's Sonic Youth in there with a lot of stuff. Um, I heard a ton of like Bob Mould, Husker Du and the lyrical and the songwriting. Absolutely. Um, Weezer. I mean, obviously, that's the, probably the most pop plastic part of it and that kind of stuff. Um, and Sebado. I don't know if you guys know about Sebado, but of course. it was uh, the bass player mm -hmm. from Dinosaur Jr. And, and Folk Implosion. Yeah, just complete, like, there were complete nods to Sebado in there that I thought so, were really I'm a really big Folk Implosion fan. So. so, you know, upon the second or third listen, it was like there were, I could start to latch on to some of the lyrical hooks and the meanings of them. And everything in this album is an attempt to be anthemic, which I think is probably what a great um, hardcore album really should be. You know, yeah, right. groups of sweaty people getting together, or shouting it out and trying to get on the same page so we can all get something done. Yeah, the, the, the group shouting on the choruses and stuff like that works well. So something interesting about the band, uh, the lead singer of the band has another band called the Self-Defense Family. Uh, they've been around a little longer. They have more of a indie rock with a little bit of post-rock in there. It, it sounds way more lo-fi. But Drug Church was supposed to be a side project. It, but just looking at the numbers on Spotify, Self-Defense Family gets about 12,000 listens a month. Uh, Drug Church gets about 200,000. <laughs> so the side project really took yeah. off for them. It 
Is that one of those, like, the guy had his own personal vision, and because it's a personal vision, it's just personal, and you get together and collaborate with other people, you get a broader spectrum of not, ideas and maybe appeal to a wider audience? I, I'm not sure what the motivation was on it. Uh, I, I think part of it just might be, uh, I think drug church is just more accessible than, than self-defense family. Yeah, it very is. And, it I mean, definitely is very accessible. There's a little bit in there for everybody. Uh, and it's got bits that feel heavy, but they're they're not that heavy. Like, they just have the emotion of it without, like, it beating you over the head with something. <laughs> right. I, most of it, I thought the heavy was tempo, mostly, but the courting to me, was still all positivism. And I think that's what I think wins it over for a lot of people. They don't, they don't want to admire themselves in darkness all the time unless you need that darkness to move you in a positive direction, you know, which is something that does work for some people at some times in their life. It helps you get over stuff. But sometimes you need something to fire you up and keep you going. They do a pretty good job at, at also uh, attacking society and, and uh, the news. He seems to have a lot of contempt towards the news, you know, a million miles of fun. Yes. wonder it's like does this guy really hate the news he wants to see it less hear it less well that yeah that was a direct lyric uh, i need news less <laughs> yeah and uh piss and quiet which i thought was the punk anthem of the track for sure who cares about the news the news makes you feel powerless along with uh, messages rejecting icons of society fuck what society tells you fuck slogans very classic punk stuff yes <laughs> album's title is interesting hygiene you know in terms of that this sort of ties into cattle decap we are our own worst enemy in that sense you know and it's, what does it take like as i felt like the personal conflict you know people trying to overcome their own obstacles or overcome themselves or their own faults i feel that in this record a lot and um i don't know if you guys felt that too absolutely Absolutely. I think in both of them, there's definitely a comparison there. In the three albums, if you want to basically take a look at that, there's a general sense of impermanence and instability. The world around you is volatile. The world around you is dangerous. The world around you is unpredictable and can change, which, of course, is, is a kind of a central theme with our day and age, with everything that we've been seeing happening with the pandemic in the past two years. Yeah, so. I heard a lot of artists doing battle on these three records trying to get through it yeah I mean we've got uh, death in the family in one and death all over the world in another and, <laughs> nope. and then just personal growth overall I thought the album was awesome what did you guys think uh, pretty awesome pretty close I mean at first time through I was like uh, my, my complaints would be a little bit the gravelly voice I'd like it brought up in the mix more Again, like I said, uh, with anybody who's got something to say, if it's worth saying, 
Say it well. Say it clearly. Say it loud. Say it strong. Sorry, I can't help. Sorry, I felt like you was like, all right, we should start singing, <laughs> singing in the living years. <laughs> right. I know. What was that song? Sing out loud. Yeah. You, you were pretty close lyrically. Yeah, I, was yes. there. I, I was riffing on that. Overall, I really like the album. Um, it is kind of it's short and punchy. You do have a point about the vocals being buried in the mix a bit, but part of what really worked for me is that wall of sound that it it's not there all the time, so it doesn't come out as, uh, as as like dream pop or anything like that. It just it's there occasionally and kind of punches in on the the choruses and whatnot. And it's a sound that really speaks to me for whatever reason. It's just if you put on an album, I'm probably gonna like it a bit more. So yeah, I like these guys a lot now. I could I could have moved on it at first the first time, maybe through it a little bit, but the, if you start to savor it, there's a lot of like. Just yeah. crunchy riffs in there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff to savor in there. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. It, it became the uh, the sleeper of the trio for me this time. <laughs> well, uh, and conceptually, I thought it was a pretty good album, too. Definitely very punk as far as its approach. When you think of drug church and hygiene, you don't think uh, you're going to hear lyrics this punky, this edgy as far as that goes. Uh, there was surprisingly little saying about drugs or church. Yes. Exactly. You know what, what, is I, the, what is the origin of the name? I have no idea. I mean, it is a statement of society. We do live in a drug church. I, yeah, I, most part, I thought it was going to be like some kind of an instrumental ambience. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah something very mellow right right you put um, it on and it changes your neurochemistry i'm like oh shit what's this <laughs> people being fake selfish politics right. self-reliance well anytime you introduce adrenaline to anything it's gonna change your mind I right you. it's more powerful than an antidepressant yeah. okay Well, uh, those are all of the songs that we have. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Unfolding Sound. We hope that you'll join us next time. Signing off, this is Will System, Adam Austin, and Doug Leach. Until next time, folks. Adieu.